Hey guys, it's Mark here from the ETF Tracker Show and this is week 15 for the week ending the 29th of October for Exchange Traded Fridays. So it's all about what's happened in the news. It's delivered as a newsletter. It's also here on YouTube if you're watching this and Spotify if you're listening and hopefully the sound is coming through better. I'm monitoring it over here on the side on uh, OBS Studio. So it seems like the levels are a bit better. I have this new mic arm and I had it way too high before. You can clearly see it over here, the microphone, if you're watching it on YouTube. But uh, yeah, I'll figure out a better way at some point uh, in time. I don't really mind it's, you know, sitting there. Kind of looks professional, I think. Anyway, I hope you've got a great uh, couple of weeks uh, ahead of you as we head into the end of the year. But in the meantime, what happened this week has been all about Bitcoin type ETFs. But luckily, there was less of that. There was there was more stuff in the rest of the news. But a week and a bit ago, so two episodes ago, we had the um, launch of some new crypto type ETFs here in Australia. And then during the week, there was also the launch of the first futures backed ETF uh, on Bitcoin. So Bitcoin futures ETF. The second one has launched from Valkyrie. So the first one was from ProShares and it set records for how much was traded on that. There was like something like $440 million worth of trading volume in the first hour, one hour. So it just shows, you know, there was a lot of interest there. But in any case, there is a bit of news still on the Bitcoin and ETF and blockchain type space with the new launch here in Australia. And we also saw some other types of ETFs in the news here. So we're going to talk about Moat and uh, there's another ETF as well. I think it might be Hack and Moat that we're looking at as well as a new one from eInvest and that is the Daintree Hybrid Opportunities Fund, so DHOF. So we'll take a look at that. But anyway, if you are looking at this, please do like, share and subscribe before you go further. And we're going to get to my screen and take a look at what is going on. So. Okay, so what I've got here, this is the newsletter. It's still in preview mode because it actually does not go out until Friday morning. You might be listening to this already, but we are preparing this, I guess you could say, on Thursday evening, Thursday afternoon. And what you can see here is uh, this is the newsletter. So I'll just zoom in a little bit here. Now, we make this available on the website. So it is, you still get an email if you're subscribed and there's some other details in the email as well. But you can actually see the latest copy as well as back copies. Um, so older versions going all the way back to July when we started doing this. But yeah, this is week 15. And uh, as I said, there was a second listing of a Bitcoin futures ETF this time from Valkyrie. And even though it didn't do as much volume as the BITO one from ProShares, which set that record volume, it's over a billion now. I think it hit a billion in the second day. It was nearly a billion in its first. Um, Valkyrie was the 14th largest. So it just shows that it's still quite a popular uh, asset class. Um, maybe they might make a, a special category for that, like the crypto and blockchain type ETFs there in the US. And then we also saw another blockchain filing. So the third one here in Australia. So there was an announcement by BetaShares about CRYP, CRYP. Then there was a listing. Uh, and so CRYP is gonna list on the ASX. There was FTEC, a FinTech and blockchain ETF from ETF Securities, and that is listed on ChiX. So that is trading. There was another one that launched today, and that is DIGA from Cosmos. So we'll take a look at those ones there. And then we'll dive into some Hack and Mosh uh, ETFs. And then also this week, before we go further, we featured 
a, a re-interview with experts. Um, so it was the first time we've had a guest um, come back and there's plenty of people out there that we could interview. But uh, we had a question on market making and we had the market making episode a couple of weeks ago, but people wanted to know more about the primary and secondary markets and how the two are intertwined and how that works in the ETF world. So check out this episode here that I did with Kevin Fierick. It's short, it's uh, just seven minutes because it's basically just the one question, but this was, yeah, well worth it. Um, so take a look at that. What's in the rest of this newsletter? It's all about the local articles, global articles, ETF videos, ETF podcasts, tweet of the week, chart of the week, uh, some ETF education and some links back to ETF tracker. So now let's get to the local articles. So this first one here is from the AFR and it's all about specialist ETFs and how they can spice up your index portfolio. And so in this article, Tim McKay shows that ETFs are not just the boring index, you know, passive tracking investment vehicles. Um, they that's pretty synonymous with the industry as he uh, talks about, but there is also quite a few other ETFs that are out there that follow different styles. You call them thematics or they might follow certain sectors rather than just the broad base, cover everything in a S&P um, or NASDAQ or ASX 200 type ETF. There's much more. And now we're seeing these blockchain and Bitcoin type ETFs. So if you thought ETFs were just about the boring, then this article will help you bust that myth. So let's take a quick look here. And so we can see, uh, so Tim's a contributor there, um, talks about some of these, you know, what, what people have thought is just basically boring type ETFs, passive investing. And it still is for the most part, but you can get specific with that passive investing or active. There are also active ETFs. So don't just think it's all about passive. Um, there are these nuances there. There's much more passive then there is active, but it's, you know, still quite an interesting and growing uh, market. So the the things that we look at here, there's things like cybersecurity, e-gaming, cloud computing, robotics, artificial intelligence, semiconductors. And in the US, there's the Bitcoin futures ETF. And we'll certainly see more now that the floodgates opened up for crypto type ETFs. And they also talk about healthcare, biotech ETFs as well. I think there's just one biotech ETF on the ASX uh, when I looked at that. So I was doing some categorization. I could see there's quite a few health, well, quite a few. There's maybe three healthcare ones and um, biotech. And it's like, should I include that as part of the healthcare play? It doesn't really fit anywhere else. Um, so I think I've done that. So it's the boring core versus the exciting satellites. And if you're interested in core versus satellite type investing, then um, especially for ETFs, that's typically the way it's done. So boring being the core, you buy the ASX 200 via A200, IOZ, uh, or VAS, or one of those other ones. I think one of those is like uh, ASX 300, but you get my drift. Um, so you have one of those broad-based, uh, or, or maybe a couple of those broad-based. It just depends on what the percentage is that you want there. And typically, if people are a bit more risk-averse, they'll have a larger weighting to that core type uh, as part of their portfolio. And then the satellites will make up the various other things, the thematics that we just mentioned above. So yeah, it's all about uh, doing your homework, a um, bit more expensive than standard ETFs. If it is that thematic style, it's not just tracking uh, a wide kind of index. There's a bit more nuance to that and probably a bit more management that's required. So it does come with a bit higher fees, but just because the fees are higher does, does not mean that you need to avoid it because if it makes up for it in terms of the growth of that ETF, whether the number of trades or the fund growth or the inflows that are going there or performance, 
that fee that you might think is high compared to others, maybe it makes up for it in other ways. So um, yeah, it's just important to look under the hood. So that's that first one then. Another one, back to the Bitcoin, so we can't avoid this one. Uh, Australian firms line up to launch inevitable local Bitcoin ETF. So they talk with Alex Vinacore from BetaShares and Heath Benke from Holon to get the investment manager opinion on this. And it does seem like regulation is going to be required. There's already an ASIC paper that's out called CP343. And that consultation paper, CP, is uh, something they put out to the market earlier in the year, I think mid-year. And they've had quite a few responses to this about how they um, will go about and do, it, do that. And it's quite good that the regulatory bodies will put out these consultation papers, even the ASX. Um, that I used to work for, they would put out these consultation papers and still continue to do so for things like when they had chest replacement. Um, so if you're a retail trader, you'll know about chest because that's all to do with your uh, your HIN, your holding identification number. So yeah, all of this kind of stuff that is uh, going on, these regulatory bodies will put out these papers. And so hopefully by the end of this year, we'll see some more uh, movement there from ASIC and you know some, some feedback on that and some... Uh, Hopefully there'll be some roadmap towards when we can actually see some listings of Bitcoin exposed. So right now we've got blockchain exposed. So ETFs that buy into companies that have either the picks and shovels or they're buying uh, crypto themselves. So there's that indirect exposure. And so, yeah, that, that is something there. So in this article, they talk about um, more, more about Bitcoin and the explosion that it had a couple of years ago and more people calling for an ETF on these major cryptocurrencies. So it might not just be Bitcoin, Ethereum, and all of these other kind of cryptocurrencies there. So I talked to Alex Vinacore. So he is chief executive of the $20 billion BetaShares ETF provider. So probably a lot of you have BetaShares ETFs. I do in some of my portfolio as well. And so he says here that at the moment, we're seeing some stats in Australia that well over a million Australians own an investment in cryptocurrencies directly. We do think that over time we'll see Bitcoin and hopefully other cryptocurrency exchange traded funds available. So that's his uh, comment there. And they've got CRYP, C-R-Y-P, which is blockchain related that uh, we, we will see when that is released. So they're probably going through the process now, but you can register your interest if you're interested in that. And then uh, Heath Benke, um, MD over at the Innovation Focused Fund Manager, Holon, said he expects an Australian Bitcoin ETF could be launched by mid-2022 with Holonix uh, hoping to be one of the front runners in launching a fund when possible. We've spoken to another front runner there. Um, I would think that there would be a front runner in uh, Monochrome Asset Management and Jeff Yu, who was former CEO of Binance Australia. They've uh, got their, you know, they've responded to the ASIC uh, CP343. They've also put out in the news that they also want to launch a Bitcoin type ETF. They've got a good pedigree over there and a great research center too. So make sure that you check that out. I think there was some news on LinkedIn as well that they've just uh, been up to appoint KPMG as uh, audit manager for them for that fund. So that's an important step. And, you know, all these ETFs they have, uh, or even funds, they, they have an auditor on each of these. So um, we saw that in the US when uh, there was, you know, getting closer and closer to seeing something launch in terms of Bitcoin ETFs that some of these names that were out there, whether it was Invesco, ProShares, uh, all, all of those were, when it was, uh, I, I can't remember which one, but one of them appointed an audit manager as well. So it was a good sign of her there. It's led to some positive things. Let's see what happens here in Australia, whether it's for Holon, Monochrome, or any of these other ones. So worth a look, take a look at this Sydney Morning Herald article on that.
Now back to a quick one, which is the Motley Fool looking at two excellent ETFs for ASX investors. They take a look at Hack and Moat. And these uh, Motley Fool articles that talk about these uh, ETFs, sometimes it's one, sometimes it's two. In this case, they're just short and sweet. So it's not like the in-depth. You can search for more details online. There's plenty of information, whether it's Morningstar or um, Track Inside or just via the news, you can see a lot of this or watch Ausbiz for some videos. And we're gonna take a look at that later. But in this case here, they just talk about some of the high level stuff. So what are the names in Hack? Well, some of the names, Cloudflare, Okta, CrowdStrike, Accenture is there as well. Cisco, uh, what's in Moat? So Moat's got names like Amazon, Berkshire Hathaway, Intel, Kellogg & Co, um, the cereal makers, McDonald's, Microsoft, and Philip Morris. So you've got some of those, that detail there. And if you wanna look into things further, then you do have to go elsewhere. But uh, yeah, just, you know, it's, it's worth highlighting here. What I thought we'd do, just while I've got you, is to look at Hack & Moat just quickly on ETF Tracker. So you might be in this situation where you see Motley Fool or some article from wherever it could be seeking after, or it could just be in the news. It could just be like mates talking at a barbecue, or you might just see something on Instagram or TikTok talking about ETFs. And if you are interested in looking at what's going on under the hood, so each month when the ASX and ChiX data sets come out, what we do is actually throw up into this app here. So as soon as it comes out, we get a notification and we'll load it up into our app. So there's a little bit of turnaround time. But you've got this menu here on the ETF Tracker app, which I'm on. I can go full screen. Cool, okay, I can still see myself on the, the screen here. I was wondering if it might uh, get rid of me, but that's fine. You, you get to still hear me if you can't. Um, you've got four options here. The market overview, which is just a dashboard of what's happened in September. Then there's ETF analytics, which is more about like details of each of the measures that we track whether it's transactions and size and performance, but for the whole of market, then you can filter, filter, filter down in that one. We've got ETF snapshots, which is just picking a single ETF and we'll just take a look at the trends for that ETF. And then we've got search ETF holdings where you can do some comparisons or even search for the underlying holdings. You might be looking for Facebook and which ETFs have Facebook in them. So you can do that kind of stuff there. We're gonna go to the snapshots and take a look at hack and um, moat there just quickly. So believe it was hack and moat. Let's just double, let's just double, double check. Um, okay, so we'll go back here, hack and moat, that is the ones. So we'll open her up here and let's go to hack. And what you see here is six tiles, which show you, first of all, there's returns, next is size, then there's transactions and tradability, quality and costs. And so let's start backwards here. And what we can see here for hack is the costs were initially in 2017 low at 0.47. It did increase to currently where it's at 0.67%, but does it make up for it? So has it increased its cost, but you've got no further benefit? And that's certainly not the case here. You can clearly see that in terms of returns, it's been increasing over time. Yes, it had a negative month as most ETFs did in the month of September, but it had been rising before that. You can see here that we've got, um, so each of these tiles, we, we just choose one of the uh, metrics to represent size or transaction. There's actually underlying further metrics there. The net inflows is one of the ones that we choose to look at for size. And we can see that that's been uh, quite strong each month, nearly 20 million or over 20 million that is uh, being traded or coming into this particular ETF. Transactions, it has been increasing over time. So it's not like it was popular before 
or like popular more recently and then it's waned off it is increasing and you can see it hit a record month nearly 8,000 trades in the month of September so even though it had a negative month in terms of performance people were still um, buying and selling this one so take a look at that you can see here that in terms of tradability there's liquidity and there's also the bid ask spread and we can see that the spread has been decreasing if you want to look at more of this kind of information where available you will be able to click on this uh, deep dive um, you can click on the expand button to do the deep dive and we can see here that whilst we had the cumulative returns on that front page we can see the breakdown by month so it's had a few negative months here but it's more than recovered um, one month cumulative going all the way back to the start of uh, 2017 it's nearly 100% in terms of returns. There. And this total returns takes into account distributions or dividends being reinvested there. So that's Hack. Let's take a quick look at Moat while we're here. And this is a free tool. You can take a look at this to um, view any other kind of ETF. So similar returns here, 92%, 93%. Uh, the inflows, the latest was just over 20 million, which is similar to, to Hack. It's also been increasing in terms of transactions and Let's take a look at that one. We can see that there's actually number of trades, there's transaction volume and transaction value. So we can see more information there on that. You can also see the cost here 0.49%. So it's a little bit cheaper than the other one. Um, and liquidity uh, is 7.7%, the latest liquidity that it is, and its spread has been going down. You wanna see the spread going down and liquidity being quite um, high or high compared to peers because high liquidity and low spread just means that it's easily traded. And you've got the distribution yield here and neither of these really had much in the way of uh, distributions. Let's just make sure of that it was hack. So nearly 1% for moat for hack. Oh, it's a little bit better for hack. Um, it's average distribution yield has been higher before in 2019, 2020, 6.2% over this time, but it's uh, 3%. So it's still higher than moat, but still. So that's worth a look at there. So you've got this article here from Motley Fool. And if you want to deep dive into it, you can go to ETF Tracker and take a look at the free tools there. It's monthly data. So that's the caveat there. If you want more daily up-to-date information, we've got in our resources page up above, there is a Google Finance link. If you click on um, hover over resources as a menu and you hover down a little bit, you'll see some Google Finance link there. And we've grouped together different uh, yeah, different ETF groupings to make it easier for you to compare. So that's that one. AFR, back to them again. And the Bitcoin Miners Fund floats amid crypto ETF race. And so in this article, it's about a new ETF listing that's also blockchain related, just launched today. It's the Cosmos Global Digital Miners Access ETF. And they talked to Dan Annan from, uh, he's the CEO over there. He's formerly of BetaShares. So I remember seeing him on LinkedIn and he was there on, at, at BetaShares as a director. And now in the news, I didn't notice that he'd moved across. So he's now uh, got this Cosmos Global uh, Fund. So it has listed on ChiX. And this is the third that we've heard of. It's the second listing, but it's the third because Crip was announced and FTEC was um, you know, listed on ChiX. And now we've got uh, DIGA. So we'll take a look at this one. In this article, he talks with Alex Vikovic there. Uh, there's Dan, and they talk about the type of ETF that is here. So Cosmos itself is owned by Mawson Infrastructure Group, an Australian-born NASDAQ-listed Bitcoin miner. So it's got its pedigree there in uh, doing something like this. And so the fund's largest holdings include Riot Blockchain, Marathon Digital Holdings, and Hut 8 Mining Corporation. So very much on the mining side of things. So 
It just launched today. We'll keep an eye on how this one is going. And yeah, worth a look there if you're interested in this. Um, Dan's former shop, uh, BetaShares, launched Crip, and, or they've announced Crip, so we'll wait for that one to launch. It's still got coming soon on the uh, website there. And so that's that's those articles there. And we round out the local news by looking at what's gone on with ETF securities in their weekly report. So this is for the week ending the 22nd of October. And per their report, so we just take a look at uh, what they've said here. They said the global equity markets edged high last week. Oil continued its strong streak and silver performed well. The best performer over the week was ETF securities, physical silver, ETP, MAG, ETP MAG, that was up 3.7% in the week. And then it's the Van Eck uh, ESPO ETF, that's the video gaming and esports, that was up 3%. The worst performers was an ETF securities one for physical palladium, ETP MPD, that was down nearly 6%. And then there was also the beta shares resources sector, QRE, that was down 2.7%. And if you want to get access to the PDF, click on the links here. So we pull it all together. That's the whole purpose of this, to try to make it easier for you. You can download this ETF monitor. So this will download a PDF and you can look at performance and inflows and more information there. Okay, so back to the articles. That finishes off the local articles. Now we'll go to global. And so the first one here is, uh, well, first of all, before we get further, it really is all about the Bitcoin type ETFs. That's what is in the news. You know, we don't make it up. This is just what's being reported. If you want to search for yourself, um, look up ETFs and just see, you know, what comes up. It, it is Bitcoin, 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 maybe blockchain, bit of crypto. Uh, but yeah, Bitcoin is there. So Bitcoin's true believers in this uh, Bloomberg article scorn ETFs while welcoming validation. In this article, we see that the true crypto enthusiasts are not flocking to buy the shares of the Bitcoin linked ETF from ProShares. So that launched last week. And as we said, it was over a billion dollars. Data from Vanda research shows that retail traders didn't do as much of the record trading volume that was seen in the ETF, which reached over $1 billion in thumb in its first week. So if it wasn't retail investors buying it, then it's going to be the instos. Okay. So whether it is hedge funds or family offices or the um, pension funds or what we call superannuation here in Australia buying it, that's what that was uh, being seen in terms of the, the people that were buying over there. So there was talk about um, the BITO and now that we've got Valkyrie, um, I think it's BTF that they've got there as the second Bitcoin futures ETF. It's not, I mean, it, I think it really helps the institutions be able to buy it, but there are still many retail investors who perhaps because they're not as familiar with the apps or they don't trust it as much. It's not a you know demographic thing necessarily, but for whatever reason, if they haven't gotten into Bitcoin, but they've been interested in it, this is a more regulated way of buying exposure to that kind of stuff, whether through the blockchain related ETFs or directly via Bitcoin futures. So that is now more available for retail investors. And yet a lot of the buying wasn't really from retail, but that makes sense because retail, like we've got a lot of money, but not as much as the, uh, the pension funds and the institutions that are over there. So anyway, that's uh, from Bloomberg. Take a look at that one. This one from Crypto Slate is Bitcoin futures ETF is so popular that it's breaching future limits set by TradeFi. So what is this all about? Um, in this article, they they talk about how uh, the futures product BITO had a limit of 5K and 1K, 1.7K was left at the time of this article. So we'll take a look at this. There's a limit on the number of futures contracts that uh, were allowed here. We'll cancel on that one. 
Uh, okay, so I've probably hit my limit here. I did read the full article before. Maybe if you try it, you'll be able to see the full article. But yeah, it's, it's based on the number of contracts. They were going to increase it after October in November to above the 5K. But it seems like early in its trading, it's already near that 5K limit. And this might have been actually hit. So this was on October 23, so just on Saturday. So it might be over that. But they did talk about in the article when I did read it initially that they were going to increase that limit earlier, okay, just because of the sheer popularity and demand. Now, this one here from Coindesk, Valkyrie's ETF debut soured by falling Bitcoin market. Um, it is soured here, but I did read something as well or hear about it that it was the 14th largest um, ETF launch. So even though it was soured and even though it wasn't as popular, it didn't have the, you know, 440 million in trading as a first comer to the ETF markets, but still it's the 14th largest. And when you consider how many ETFs are in the trillion dollar market globally that's that is definitely something okay so in this one uh talk about timing Valkyrie's own version of bitcoin futures etf was not as great as rival pro shares as the price of bitcoin fell to 60k now at 58k so i saw some news i think it was overnight uh the price fell from its highs and so it's it's been uh, a rocky kind of week for for bitcoin but if you're a long-term holder then it shouldn't really matter too much should it uh but we'll see what happens with uh, those futures contracts that is being tracked so this is an important one um, for investors to know that it is tracking futures contracts and the movement in that which effectively should lead where uh, the market is for the price of any kind of asset when you look at futures in uh, the non-Bitcoin world, the futures do lead where the market is likely to head, but uh, we'll see how that goes here. So yeah, it's uh, an article just talking about how it launched and it didn't see as much kind of uh, movement up in terms of price, but uh, we'll see how that looks in a couple of weeks. And then the last one, which is not Bitcoin, but it goes back to something we thought that was kind of dead in the water, which is SPACs. And it's this Bloomberg article talking about tiny pop culture disruption ETF is winner thanks to Trump SPAC. This article talks about the simplified vault pop culture disruption ETF, which rose to highs of 47% on Friday, as its biggest holding was a Digital World Acquisition Corp. It's merging with former uh, US President Donald Trump's new media company. And so whilst many thought the world of SPACs was dead, even including me, um, it's been reignited with its latest news and uh, we'll see if this was a one-off or if there is a reignition, uh, reignition, re uh, yeah, we'll get that word right, if it's been reignited. Um, but yeah, just a short article here and you can see that VPOP's largest holding is Snap at about 19% and then Digital World uh, and Netflix at 10%. And so the stock, Digital World, shot up by as much as 284%. Um, to trade as high as 175 and this was on the 23rd of October so yeah that might have moved since then worth checking out if you're interested in SPACs okay and now we are at the videos and the first video here from Ausbiz and if you haven't signed up to Ausbiz make sure you do there's a couple of links in this article here uh, and you can when you, you click on these links if you haven't signed up you can probably watch a few seconds of these videos and it, it will prompt you to watch um, by, you know, the full video by actually registering, but it's free to register. So I don't know why you wouldn't. Okay. Because there's a lot of great financial news. If you're interested in startups, I mean, they've got a lot of uh, news on what's going on in the startup world as well. But in this one here, the guys talk to Brad Dunn, 
his perennial e-invest and it's their new Daintree Hybrid Opportunities Fund, DHOF. So that is all about hybrids. And if you didn't know hybrids, you've got equities and you've got a fixed income. So fixed income is a much kind of safer investment traditionally, whether it's corporate bonds or government bonds, but it is considered a safer type of investment. It doesn't have as much in terms of returns, but you people put money in that because whilst it doesn't have these outland, oh, not outlandish, outsized kind of returns compared to a benchmark, it is considered safer. Whereas uh, equities, they can you can buy the right types and you can do really well, or you can buy and it's just poor timing that you can't you know choose whenever the market's going to go up or go down, and you just get hit by that. Hybrids sit in the middle, so they've got qualities of equity, the qualities of fixed income, and so. This is a fund that looks at those hybrids, okay? So in this episode, they have a chat about this uh, fund. It's a quoted managed fund with an active strategy and market making, which ensures that the fund is trading at close to NAB, which is really important. So it avoids issues that you have in some of these unlisted funds that might not be trading at close to their NAB. So it launches next week. You can check out the video here and have a listen to what this one's all about and see if that's of interest. And uh, this next one is where the investors are buying the ETF size dip. And in this one, they had Blair Monica from BetaShares talking about how investors were buying the dip in September. And it was 2.9 billion worth of inflows. And so we could see that in our statistics as well. And yeah, that's certainly the case. And that was quite a big month there for investors. So even though the market was down, um, you, you still, in terms of performance and price, you still had a lot of investors buying in. It did mean though that um, whilst investors were buying in because the prices were down and the product of both of those things leads to funds under management, we did see funds under management kind of hover at uh, 125 billion. So it had been growing by like four to five to six billion each month. And then it was 125 in August. It stayed at around 125. It grew by about 200 million net in uh, the month of September. We'll see what happens when we get the October figures early November, but yeah, that's just what happened there. So it just hit a little minor road bump there, but investors were still buying it um, according to the data and according to uh, this video here from Blair. So take a look at that one. And this one here is um, as EV, so electric vehicle demand surges, get on board the lithium bandwagon. And in this one, it is David Lane from Ord Minette talking about the Hertz Tesla deal, hitting the headlines, pushing Tesla market cap through the trillion dollar barrier, making Elon richer than whatever he was richer, you know, as rich as before. So it's it's been really good for him. And uh, David runs the ruler over the global EV market and its impact on lithium and how investors can participate. So worth a look at there. There's ACDC, which is an ETF that has lithium exposure. And there's probably other ways you can play that uh, globally too. So take a look at that. And now the last video in this is something that we mentioned already, which the ETF tracker shows week 11 short video on primary and secondary markets. You can see that video in the newsletter. We have it right at the top. But if you've missed it and you just scroll down to the other parts, uh, we repeat it here. So you can take a look at that link and go directly to YouTube. And uh, now we are at the podcasts and the first one that we've got here, the only one that we've actually flagged here, I'll probably add a few more uh, when the newsletter goes out. But this one was interesting. It's from CNBC's ETF Edge, one of our favorite podcasts. It's all about the Bitcoin ETF craze. And in this one, Bob Pisani, who's the host there of this show, he talks with Steve McClurg, 
CIO at Valkyrie Funds and Tom Lydon, CEO of ETF Trends. Take a look at ETF Trends. They've got great kind of articles and information and statistics on ETFs there. So worth a look at too. But um, Stephen McClurg, uh, Valkyrie, as we had seen above, second launch of a Bitcoin type ETF. There's also others that are looking to do that as well. Kathy Wood's looking to do that. So her ARK fund is trying to launch their own kind of version of this and catch that trend. Um, they discussed the world of crypto as more and more companies are jumping on the Bitcoin futures ETF bandwagon. So far, the new trend has really taken off. So how can investors get in the game and how might they look to Bitcoin as a way to hedge against inflation? So they've also got a second portion of this uh, podcast. They call it Markets 102 and each week they, they always do this. Um, they continue their conversation uh, with Tom Lydon about, uh, from ETF Trends and they do some market education. They'll talk about something else going on in the market. But yeah, it's a really good podcast. So check that one out. I'll probably list another one from the guys over at The Compound. So that's from Reitholds Wealth Management. Usually it's Josh Brown, Michael Batnick, and sometimes they have other guests there. So they have The Compound and Friends. Um, but yeah, they, they've got quite a few different ones there. There was something that was quoted in uh, an article on Seeking Alpha from Bill Miller, a famed value investor about what makes him worry. And the guys at Equity Mates have mentioned this if you are following them on their Facebook group or Instagram. And it was also quoted by uh, the guys over at The Compound in their Animal Spirits episode. So that was with Ben and uh, there's Michael Batnick as well. And they, they actually quote in the first few seconds, they talk about this Bill Miller quote. So it was very important uh, what he had to say there. So take a look at that one. Now we're at the tweet of the week. And this one we flagged from the desk of Eric Baltunas uh, on the weekend. Uh, he said that, um, what was it here? So not the weekend, it was earlier this week. It's uh, perplexing to me that many, that so many of my colleagues don't use Twitter, even ones who cover these companies. You just don't get this kind of uh, in the moment shot I'm going to think he said shot on LinkedIn. Um, he probably said something else, but, you know, uh, to your interpretation there. And he's right. You don't get this kind of talk between different uh, famous uh, company heads and investors uh, as you do on LinkedIn. So we saw he ARK Invest, Twitter and Square, Tesla and MicroStrategy. And who did we see? We saw Kathy Wood responding to a tweet from Jack Dorsey, who is the founder of Twitter and Square, co-founder. Uh, Elon Musk is there as well, and Michael Saylor. Kind of looks, you know, fake, but it was real. And this was on Twitter, all these uh, famed people talking about, I guess, being kind of macro tourists, as they say, uh, having some sort of opinion there on macro. And Jack is definitely thinking that there is going to be hyperinflation. There's a lot of other people in the opposite camp. Hyperinflation, look it up. It's not great. It's really been a downturn in many uh, economies that have had this. Uh, imagine buying, for example, one day your price of copy is four bucks. Uh, the next day it is 4,000. That's hyperinflation right there. And I don't think we've hit that. I haven't seen that. Um, maybe there's signs of, you know, trending towards something like that. Uh, but there'd have to be a lot more going on to see hyperinflation happening. Um, so worth a look at these tweets. Uh, we include the link to the tweet so you can have a read of the comments there. Uh, you can even go back to previous episodes, previous newsletters that we've got and see what the other tweets have been. So worth a look at there. Now we jump to the chart of the week and the chart of the week is from ETF Tracker. What we've done is look at the total uh, return, the one month returns, and we filtered on Australian equity related ETFs only. 
Now, there are 55 of those that we count and we filtered just for 2021 to see each month what was the average return for that group of 55. And it wasn't just 55 each month because ETFs delist and then there's also new ones listing. So that number can kind of change, but there were at least 55 that we saw over the course of 2021 so far to September. And the average of all of those one months is what you see on the screen. So it was like uh, nearly flat, kind of negative in January. It was 1.3% in Feb, then it went to 2.2, 3.1, 1.4%. It was 2.6% in June, 1.1% in July, 2.4% in August, and it fell to a minus 1.8% in September. But adding all of those up gives us just under 12% for 2021. To the same period, so from January to September in 2020, it was negative performance. So it was less than minus 5%. Um, and then in 2019, it was actually over 18%. And it was different ETFs uh, that were the constituents there. Some have stayed on, but there were some that weren't there. So we do take that, all of that into account. But you can just see that it's 12%, uh, minus 5% last year to this period. It was 18% in 2019. We can go back further, 2018, 2017. Uh, but, you know, these different kind of periods uh, have different results there. So it's very hard to pick but with ETS most investors are long term and just riding these waves as they happen okay so worth the consideration there and now with uh, the further ETF education I thought we'd hearken back to a great set of videos from the guys at Equity Mates and they're getting started investing series and this is episode one on ETFs that they did in conjunction with BetaShares and per the show notes it's uh, they say here ETFs for beginners it's with BetaShares and it's a series it was three-part series helping you understand what you need to know about ETS when you're starting your investment journey. They unpack all the key elements from the basics through the administration after you buy. And in this first episode, they chat with Ellie DeVere from BetaShares to walk through the basics, but then you watch part two, part three, you can listen to it, okay? So there is the podcast where you can listen to it, but you can also watch it. So there are videos that you can see on the Equitymates YouTube page. So worth a look at there. And that's it. That's it this week, that's the end. Uh, when you get to the end, you can either go directly to the ETF Tracker app where we looked at hack and mode and you can look at other things as well. You can go to the ETF forum if you've got questions or you wanna see what other people have been talking about. It's mostly uh, me, but I do get some questions privately, then I'll just post them up there. Um, there is a section on video reviews that we've done. So if you wanna to add to that list, please do. If you wanna check out more of the ETF Tracker podcast and videos, you can see the YouTube and Spotify link here as well. And if you are going to sign up to Ausbiz, I reckon you should because it's free. Who doesn't want free stuff, right? But you can go directly to our page. So we've got an experts page. There's many other much smarter people than me out there. I just play around with the data, you know, and just present it. And, you know, that, that's our skill there, but it is valuable, I know. Um, but if you're interested in those data talks that we do uh, whenever there is new data coming out from the ETFs uh, on the exchanges, ASX and Chi-X, you can go directly and you can click follow because that'll come up in your notifications page whenever we do some updates. So worth a look at there. But yeah, that is it. Uh, thank you very much for your time. And we hope you have a great weekend. If you're in Queensland, I know it's Eka uh, on Friday. So hopefully you're not wasting your time, you know, listening to this, uh, you're out there enjoying. But if you do get some time and you're interested in the world of what is happening with uh, ETFs locally and globally, then yeah, give this a thumbs up, like, share, and subscribe, whatever platform you're on. We will see you next week. Thank you very much for your time. I'm Mark. Take care. Bye.